It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter.tv slash AJNick3. Probably going to do that Cowboy opening night game that Thursday, that Sunday night game against uh, the G Men. So, Twitter.tv slash AJNick3. Probably do that game. That'll be fun. Um, on this program, this Thursday edition of the pod, ahead of Labor Day weekend, everybody have a happy, safe, um, and an enjoyable Labor Day weekend with the holiday coming up. So we'll do NFL over-unders in the kickoff. Then we'll do our college football week one preview, weekend soccer preview, soccer transfer rumors, Ryder Cup captain's picks were announced for the U.S. team. So we'll talk about that and more on the program. So that's what is on the rundown for this pod. Next Tuesday will be our NFL season preview. And next Thursday will be our NFL week one preview. So Football, college football is here this weekend. It was already here last weekend, but, you know, only a few, what, six games, I think? Two ranked, finally, teams played, so that was good. But college football week one, Labor Day weekend with the games Thursday, some games Friday, the full slate on Saturday, some standalone games on Sunday, and then a big one. um, Well, the big one on Sunday night, then a big one on Monday as well, Clemson and Duke, so... Casual World Week 1 preview, then a weekend soccer preview ahead of the first international break of the season. So the EPL and uh, some of the other leagues will have four games played. A couple of other leagues will have three games played at the time of this first international break. So we'll do that. Uh, some soccer transfer rumors ahead of the transfer deadline. And I think that'll be wrapped up by next Tuesday's show. So the window will be closed. So we'll have a recap to the window next week. All that and more on this pod. So, kick it off. NFL over-unders. Not the best record here. 12-19-1 three years ago. Two years ago, pretty good. 19-7-6. Last season, 12-17-3. So, not great. 44-43. 43 43-43-10 overall. So, uh, that's not good, folks. That's not going to get it done. That's for sure. So, uh, we will start in the NFC with the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles have a number of 10 and a half. I, I, I think they're going to start the season well. It's not the toughest schedule until they get to kind of maybe the you know, middle of October there when they go to Jet Life to take on the Jets. They're home to Miami. Uh, but after that, from the Dallas home game, the start of November on, they go Dallas by at Kansas City, Buffalo at home, San Francisco at home, at Dallas. And that's going to be a very big stretch for Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and a team that lost both coordinators and seven starters. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have a talented roster. I'm not saying that some of the guys that they brought in aren't starters or maybe even aren't better than some of the players that that have left the team. But I will say, continuity-wise, Losing seven stars is a big deal. Losing both your coordinators is a big deal. Numbers 10.5. I think the division got a little bit better. I understand the conference isn't really that good, but I think the division got a little bit better overall. And if they win 10 games, I still win, so I'm going to go under. 
Cowboys. Now you're going to be like, Adrian, here you go again. Listen, this is a big year for the Dallas Cowboys. The defense is going to keep them in almost every game. Um, they're that talented of a defense. And offensively, it's a big year for Dak, and it's a big year for the head coach calling the plays, Mike McCarthy. So I I like the Cowboys' chances to win 10-plus games. So 9.5, I'm going to go over. Um, that's an easy over for me because, again, the defense gives you an opportunity to win a slugfest. Or if it is a kind of high-scoring game, at some point your defense is going to make a play, get a stop, get a turnover, like that kind of thing. I really, truly think that this defense is one of the best, if not the best, in the league. And with an offense that has a lot of playmakers, has a strong offensive line, has a good quarterback that forced the ball a lot last year, and I'll say that first um, before I defend him now. You're going to say, well, what about the Cowboys losing their offense coordinator? Well, a lot of people didn't like him more. I kind of did, but I don't really love what they're doing with Mike McCarthy, but we'll see. So nine and a half. I do think double-digit wins for this Cowboy team is is um, the minimum, so we'll go over there. The New York Football Giants, um, number for them, 8.5. Dable came in, lit the world on fire. Uh, everybody loved them. They get to the postseason. They win a game. Then they lose, right, to the Eagles. Um, but it was a big win for them. You know, to get another postseason when they hadn't got one in a while. Eight and a half. I do think this team wins nine games, has a possibility of win ten. Um, but it's up to the quarterback. If the quarterback's good and the rest of that offense kind of stays healthy, whether that's Barkley, whether that's the line, whether that's the receivers around Daniel Jones, because it's not just about Daniel Jones. Yes, he is... Um, I don't want to say a question mark. That's not fair to him. But he is certainly a talking point for this Giants offense going forward if they're going to be a contender or not in this NFC. A lot has to do with Daniel Jones, but also a lot has to do with the rest of the offense and their ability to stay healthy around Daniel Jones so he can succeed. Defensively, they have players. I think their defense um, has improved. If you look at it, you know, 2021 to 2022, I do think that defense did improve. And I think they do uh, get over the eight and a half. I do think they get at least nine wins. I do. Now, Washington, I think is, how do I say this? Improving, but I don't trust the quarterback. I don't know, you know, Sam Howell. Showed you stuff, you know. He showed you some, showed you some uh, ability at Carolina in college. I think Rivera is a good coach. I just don't think he's a necessarily a big winner. And this Commanders team, though they do have a lot of talented guys on the defense. Um, so they do have McLaurin. I just don't know if they have enough to support a young quarterback to win games in this league. When you have a young quarterback that's unproven, you need a lot of talent and not only just talent, but 
professional players that understand their roles and get their roles done and accomplish their the tasks, right? If you have a, a team that's young, any young quarterback, it's it's hard to um, balance all that, you know? Now, the North in the next division here we'll go to in the NFC. I, I think this whole division is up for grabs. You could talk me into any four of these teams winning this division, um, even though you know I don't like Minnesota. Detroit, nine and a half. Listen, to put expectations on a Detroit Lions team, I think, is a mistake. Now, if you say, hey, you know, with Campbell, two years ago, they, you know, barely won games, but they were in them. Last year, they do a really good job. They almost get to the postseason. This year, postseason, sure. But is it this year, hand them the division? Can they come out of the NFC? Let's slow it down. And I'm a guy that likes Campbell. I'm a guy that likes golf. Okay. Um, they're changing it up at the running back position, as we know. Bringing in Gibbs. Um, St. Brown is very good. Williams is uh, suspended, which is unfortunate. Um, but he'll be back at some point, right? Just nine and a half is a little... I don't... I can't just say, yep, ten games, put it in. Detroit Lions, 10-game winner. No, let's settle it down. If they go over it, God bless them. But nine and a half, we're going to go under there. Minnesota, you know I don't like Cousins. Um, you know I don't really love the coach. You know the defense has kind of changed over some personnel. And as is the offense. Jefferson is outstanding. He's one of the top players in the league. Everybody knows that. But what else do they have on offense? You know, they've gone away from Dalvin Cook. He's on the Jets now. You know, do they just hand the reins over to Madison? And honestly, you know, I just, I'll never be a Cousins believer. He's probably a nice guy, but eight and a half, I'm going to go under. Now, again, any of these teams I could be wrong on, could win 10 games, could win the division going away. Listen, I'm just going to go under this whole division because I got no clue. And I think I'm going to be more right than more wrong with the picks. So Minnesota, 8.5, we're going to go under. Chicago, 7.5. This one was tough because I do think the Bears are certainly capable of winning 8-9 games just because if they're in the game, Fields could win it for them. We've seen Fields make plays with his arm and specifically more with his legs in second halves of the games, fourth quarters when he's gone on those big runs out of the scrambles and he's, you know, beating guys and he's scores these 70-yard touchdown runs the place his shoulder field goes crazy and then they end up giving up a score and losing fine, whatever. But he has that ability that if they're in the game and it's a one-score game, he can either take the lead or tie the game, right? Seven and a half. If this number was six and a half, I would probably say over because I like them getting seven, eight. But you you put me in a big spot putting it at seven and a half. I'm going to lean under. Now, Green Bay, what if they hit on Jordan Love this whole time? What if he's just been waiting in the wings and now it's his turn and it's go time and he's taking it over, right, for LaFleur? Because LaFleur, all he's really done is won a bunch of football games. Okay, 49-22 as the record in his uh, four years in Green Bay. 
Last year, 8-9, and nine, struggled, had the injuries at a bunch of positions, had a tough season, as we know. But all they've done before that, the three years, has won football games. And now you can say, well, what was the driving force of that? Probably Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. He's one of the all-time greats, right? He's a Jet now. Jordan Love is the quarterback of Green Bay. The number is seven and a half. Again, if this was six and a half, I would say over. But it's seven and a half. I'm going to lean under. I just don't know what to make of this division. I could see it going any way, really breaking any way. Um, I, 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 I'm going to lean under here, but I don't. I just don't know. The South. Um, New Orleans is at nine and a half. That's too many wins. Now, this division stinks. I could see this division winner being possibly under 500 or flirting with it um, really the, the entire season. This could be a, a very interesting, weird kind of race in the South. Carr comes in. Kamara will be suspended for a few games. He'll come back in. Michael Thomas is healthy. Olave is very good. Defensively, it's a good unit. And I've talked about that Saint defense keeping in them in a bunch of games last year. And, you know, even games they probably should have lost. They were in, like, big. They were in. Um, and they stunk, and they still won seven games, right? So, Dennis Allen, who I'm not typically in love with as a head coach. He's a good, you know, he's been a good coordinator. He's done a good job in that role. Nine and a half is too many for me. I, I can see them winning nine games, winning eight games, still winning the division. So we're going to go under there. Now, Atlanta, if they hit on the quarterback, right, if for Arthur Smith, if if Ritter's the guy, right, and Bijan Robinson comes in and he's the guy there and Pitt stays healthy and London emerges – we're talking about a lot of young guys at a lot of big positions in skill positions on offense, right? If the line blocks and they hit on Ritter and they hit on Robinson, we know Pitts and London are very good. Can they stay healthy? That's the question. But this is a Falcon team that at eight wins, I think they could get to at least eight and then I push. And then if they win the division with nine, we win the bet. So Atlanta... I think we'll be a little more frisky than we've seen typically, you know. Last four years, seven and nine, four and twelve, seven and ten, seven and ten. So they've been a couple wins here and there from hanging in there, but I think we see that seven go to maybe an eight or a nine this year. So I'll go over the eight. Carolina, seven and a half. Interesting number here. I like Bryce Young. I think you know I like Bryce Young. I don't mind Reich. I think he's a good offensive mind. Is he good head coach? I'm not sure. This this second job, I think, will really tell because he's got a lot of um, development and molding to do with this team. I'm going to be very interested to see how it works out. Seven and a half. Again, this whole division, I'm unsure of besides really Tampa. I don't think they're going to be very good. So Carolina, I think, can get to eight. I wouldn't be shocked if they have three, four wins and be really, really bad. I'm just dead wrong here. Seven and a half will go over. Now, Tampa at six and a half. If this was a little lower, maybe I'd flirt with it and take in the over. But, you know, this is a team where 
they hung on and went all in for a few years to win a Super Bowl and compete with Brady, and they did. And now they got to sit here for maybe two, three years and, you know, dig out of the rubble of what's left of this franchise, right? And I'm not trying to knock Todd Bowles or Arians or the Glazers or any of these guys, right? But, you know, not that they sold their soul to the devil, but they made a deal with a guy who was more or less a mercenary and maybe the greatest mercenary of all time, you know, but a mercenary nonetheless. And with the terms that he needed now they have to deal with the um consequences six and a half under i don't think that team's very talented and i like bake you know i like bake but i just don't see how they're going to win a, a lot of football games now the west you know i talked about the eagles and the cowboys really the eagles the cowboys and the niners are the three teams that are coming out of the nfc one of those three is coming out of the NFC to, to for the Super Bowl. I don't see any other team being able, being capable of it. Maybe if the Rams it all went right for them, we'll get to them in a second. But Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, one of those three teams will be in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you that right now. And the Niners, 11.5. It's a big number for a reason. They're a really good football team. And Kyle Shanahan, when he has a good football team, they win football games. Um... Two out of the last four years, 15 wins. Um, he they, they made the call trading Trey Lance. They're going to go with Purdy. He seems like he's the guy. They were outstanding with him in the, in the team. Very talented crew. Very talented at the skill position. Very good offensive line. Great defense, even though we're hearing that Bosa might get traded. Who knows? Probably not. We'll see. But 11 and a half, they're going to win 12, 13 games. They are. They are. Seattle, eight and a half. I think Seattle comes back to earth a little bit. Um, you know, I, I thought they were going to be historically bad. I was wrong. That's on me. But I just don't think that Geno Smith it can be two years in a row. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to kill the guy. I think it's an outstanding story. It's fantastic. You know. But I just don't think it's sustainable. They kind of invested at the skill position play play with uh, drafting Smith and Jigba. Okay. Bringing him in to the receivers that they already have. And Metcalf and um, Baldwin out there. So... I'm just eight and a half. I'm going to go under. You know, they finished nine and nine. For all of the everything everybody was going crazy about, they finished nine and nine. Okay. So, let's just say that. Rams, seven and a half over. Uh, they can't be as bad as they were last year. McVay's too good of a coach. Stafford's too good of a quarterback. Um, if Cup's back. He's fine. If Donald's back, he's fine. Like, they've traded a lot of guys, but I, I think at some point they have really good coaches. They should be developing talent, and you're going to be able to win more than eight games, hopefully. And McVeigh is that Like, I, I just don't see um, seven and ten for the Rams. I just don't. I see eight and nine minimum. I really do. 
Arizona five and a half. Listen, I think they um, have not hired good coaches in Arizona. It's a track record since they let Arians go. Um, they just have not really hit on head coaches. It, this guy, this guy's a dweeb. I mean, this guy, Jonathan Gannon, he is a certified dweeb. I mean, the coaches they've had, they gave Wilkes one year and they gave Kingsbury four. They just haven't done a good job. This guy's a dweeb. They're going to end up sitting Kyler Murray to tank for Caleb Williams and trade Kyler Murray. What the hell is going on in the desert? I have no idea. You know, you said this in 2020, 2021, when, you know, 2020, they were, you know, developing. Murray's still very young at that point, working it out. 2021, they go 11 and 7. You're like, okay, here we go. And then last year, they go 4 and 13. Listen, I can see that happening again. So Arizona, we're going to go under. Now, let's go to the AFC, start in the East, Buffalo Bills. I think this division is very good. Um, and I think all four teams are going over their number. Bills, 10.5, I go over. Allen is sensational. Diggs is back. I think he um, he's back in. He, he was checking in and out last season. I think he's back all in this year. They know between them, Cincinnati, Kansas City, those are the three top dogs in the AFC. One of those teams is probably representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Buffalo wants it to be them. Ten and a half. McDermott's a good coach. I think they go over that. Miami, you know, I love Tua. I think everybody knows I love Tua. Hill and Waddle are just so fast. I think McDaniel has proven himself as a, as a good young head coach. They bring in Ramsey to go with Howard. You know, he's going to be banged up, as we know, um, which stinks because they did bring him in, you know, to help out on that back end. He should be back towards the, what, November, December, I think. They're hoping he'll, he'll be back. They're asking him to win 10 games. They've been right around it the last three years, 10-6, and 9-8, and 9-9. Give me the over. Now, the Jets, I kind of want Jet fans to temper their expectations, but nine and a half, I do think they win 10 games. I, I think the coach is a good coach. I am a little worried about the hard knocks effect, but Rodgers wins football games, and he doesn't accept you know, bad efforts. And we haven't really seen Rodgers on bad teams necessarily besides last year, and he's still kind of you know banged up a little bit, right? Nine and a half, I do think they win 10 games. If they win more than 10 games, I'm not sure, but I think they win 10 games. New England, seven and a half. For me, I just don't think you can keep Belichick down for that much longer. Um, and honestly, has it been that bad, right? 7-9, 10-8, 8, 8 9-9. Now, are those Patriot teams? No, those are not Patriot teams, as we know. Patriot teams win Super Bowls, right? They have like three losses, four losses, and they win Super Bowls. Understandable, but you're coming off losing the greatest player maybe to ever play the game. Now, is Belichick the greatest coach? Yes, in my opinion, absolutely. But he does need a quarterback, and he does need other people to step up. Now, I think Mac Jones certainly is the guy and is the future in New England. 
I think he's a good quarterback. But he needs some help as well. And he did have a little bit of that sophomore slump. The game in Vegas, I'll never forgive them for. That was atrocious what they did. But seven and a half, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over. The North, Cincinnati. You know, I mentioned Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City, these three teams in the AFC. Cincinnati's number is 11. Burrow, him being banged up a little bit is a concern to start the season, but I think he's in back in practice. Zach Taylor, who I was a, I was a Zach Taylor knocker. I was saying that this guy, you know, this team is too talented. They're more talented than the coach is ready to – ready to coach kind of a thing it's too talented of a group for this young coach to be the head coach of and he's pretty much done a really good job of proving me wrong um they lose to casey in the title game after going to the bowl last year or two years ago sorry and lost to the rams they built they built they built um they're doing a really good job of that program in cincinnati they hit on the quarterback in burrow chase has been unbelievable Mixing, if he can stay out of trouble, is really good. And defensively, they do a really, really good job. So, them keeping their D.C. was pretty big. He sticks around for another year. I think that's a big deal. 11 wins, they'll go over. Baltimore, you know I'm not the biggest Lamar guy. Um, nine and a half, if they still win nine games and I pick the under, I still win. So, I'm going to go under nine and a half. I don't. The defense has some players, but do are they a full defense? Are they a full unit? Are they on the same page kind of a situation? I don't know if that, you know, Humphrey's very talented on the back end. They do have some players that are talented on the back end. The Notre Dame safety is very good. Um, so, I, I, you know, Hamilton, I think they're very talented, but are they a full defense yet? I'm not sure. And Lamar, to me, if you still make him beat you from the pocket, I think you got a really good chance of winning the football game. So, nine and a half will go under. Cleveland, eight and a half. You get a full year with Watson now. Um, you know, he's a talented guy. Everybody knows that. Is, is it? <laughs> is it the best circumstances to compliment him? Probably not. Um, he's a good player, though. You got him for a full season now with Stefanski. In a tough division, eight and a half. I do see them winning nine games, so give me the over there. Pittsburgh, eight and a half. I like Pickett. I love Mike Tomlin. Everybody knows that. I think they hit on a couple of big picks that they need to hit on, including the wide receiver pickings. They're really good at drafting wide receivers. Uh, they do a really good job of that, and they hit on another one in pickings. Watts got to stay healthy. He is the difference maker on defense. If he stays healthy, they win a ton of football games. That just kind of seems how it works. So I'm banging on him staying healthy. Nine, eight and a half is the number. You need nine to win it. I think they do win it. Now the South is kind of similar to the South and the NFC and also the North and the NFC. This is a really bad division, okay? Um, yeah, there are some talented players and possibly some talented teams, but this is a bad division. And I know everyone's kind of anointing Jacksonville. I I really like Lawrence a lot. I think Peterson's done a really good job in developing him in just one year um, after he you know, Lawrence had that garbage year with Urban Meyer. Etienne's really good. Josh Allen is a star on defense. If they hit on some more picks on defense and 
offensively if they can protect Lawrence. I think they're a good, talented team. But to just say, hey, they got to win 10 games for you to win your bet, I'm going to go under there because I think they win nine. Tennessee, seven and a half. I just think Vrabel's a really good coach. I understand Tannehill isn't a great quarterback. I understand they, they've, they're going to be missing guys and, and it's not the same anymore. But Vrabel's a really good coach. I, I just see them winning at least eight games. He just finds a way to win them. I know they went seven and ten last year, but a lot of games kind of they, they lost some tough games. If Henry stays healthy, if Tannehill keeps you, you know, not turning the ball over, I like their chances to win some more football games. Seven and a half will go over. Indianapolis, six and a half. This team stinks. Um I don't love Rich I, I do not I, I understand his measurables are unbelievable. I just don't get the hype for Richardson. If you watch college football, if you watch him at Florida, you know his deficiencies. You know he's a unbelievable freak talent, but he doesn't find ways to win football games. You need that to happen, especially at the uh, National Football League. Six and a half, we're going to go under. Houston, same kind of thing. I like Stroud. I think the coach is a, is a really good hire. I think you know they hit on one in D'Amico Ryan's. I love that they got Will Anderson as well to be, you know, one of that talented leaders of that defense already as a rookie. Five and a half is just, it's a big number for a rookie quarterback, kind of similar to the Colts for me to win five games with a rookie quarterback. I know that you're going to play 17 of them. I understand that, but I don't know. For me, it's a tough ass, so I'm going to go under there. Kansas City, 11 and a half. I think the division has gotten a little bit better. But I still think Kansas City just wins football games for Andy Reid. And with Mahomes, Kelsey, they have so many receivers. They have so many backs. Pacheco's been really good since coming in. Am I worried about Chris Jones? Sure. But defensively, Spagnuolo's just done a really good job of just putting out the fires and putting pieces together for them to find a way to win football games. And and when you have an all, it's kind of like the opposite of the Cowboys because the Cowboys' defense is always going to keep them in games, I think, for this season. The Chiefs' offense usually keeps them in games, right? If the Chiefs' defense struggles, let's say, you know, on the first four drives of the game, they give up two touchdowns, a field goal, maybe they get off the field, right? So that's, what, 17 points? Well, maybe the Chiefs in four drives scored four touchdowns. And it, instead of being, like, 17-6 and you've only got two field goals or, you know, 17-10, you're down a score, you're like, oh, we, we should be killing this team. You're up 28-17. And yeah, you've given up three scores on four drives, but you're still winning the game, right? And you're not losing the game. So I think Kansas City's offense, whereas Dallas's defense, they kind of do the similar jobs for those teams. Kansas City, 11.5, I'm going to go over. Chargers, 9.5, I'm going to go over here as well. I think this Charger team is so talented. They got Eckler to stick around. Herbert is so, so special. If Williams and Allen can stay healthy, that's really, really big key because there are too many games where either one of them is out both of them's out, and to start the game, Herbert's coming out for his first snap, and the color announcers, the color commentators, being like, "Well, he'll have to do it shorthanded again with another group of wide receivers, and not his start." Like, he's already got to deal with enough with this Charger franchise and how they find ways to lose games. He can't keep continuing to have his top two receivers be injured. That's just not fair for him. So, defensively, another great player in Bosa. Um, Khalil Mack has come over and done a nice job. They have a ton of players offensively stay healthy for Herbert. And I think with nine and a half, they go over 
Denver, you know, I called them. Everybody was high on Denver last year. I was right about them. I was wrong about Seattle. Fine, whatever. I like Sean Payton. I think everybody knows I like Sean Payton. I think everybody knows I wanted him to be the Cowboy coach. Russell Wilson had a horrific year last year. I think he'll have a better year this year, but there's just so many injuries on the Denver skill positions. There's, you know, their offensive line, I, I really haven't trusted. And defensively, yeah, they got some players, and they don't give up a bunch of points, but they have the case of they almost think they have to be perfect because that's how bad the Bronco offense was last year. Eight and a half, I think they do win nine, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they win seven and, and they don't play well. Um, and then Vegas, seven and a half. Jimmy G comes in for McDaniels. They know each other from New England. Either it's going to work right away, and I'm going to be wrong here saying seven and a half under, or it's just not going to work, and they're not going to do a good job together, and they're going to lose a lot of football games. So seven and a half, I'm going to lean under here. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that was NFL over-unders, and we will preview the season next Tuesday. All right, so from the pros to the student-athletes, let's preview uh, college football week one. Game of the long weekend, number five LSU, number eight Florida State. These two matched up last year. I think that was on the Monday, not the Sunday, but this time it's on the Sunday. Top 10 matchup opening weekend. I think we'll probably get a top 10 matchup next week when Texas comes into the top 10 when one of these teams drops out possibly. And uh, they'll set Bama, Texas up for, you know, a top 10 matchup next week. But anyway, this week, LSU, Florida State, two very good quarterbacks, two teams with expectations coming off pretty solid years last year. Um... Florida State, big expectations. Back in the top 10 preseason, they hadn't been there in a while. Brian Kelly, year two. They pulled off some big wins last year. Can they follow it up? Can they start it off with a win against FSU? I'm expecting a high-scoring game, an exciting game. A game probably comes down to the wire. Maybe not the best-played game, considering it's opening night for these two teams, but I think it'll be an exciting game, and I just want to lean towards LSU a little more. I'm not sure about the Florida State team yet. Um, Florida and Utah out in um, the mountains. I expect this Utah team to come out and make a statement that says, hey, everybody's talking about SC and Oregon and UCLA and Washington. What about us? You know, we've we've had a lot to do dictating what happens in this conference the last few years. So what about us? So I think Florida might unfortunately run into a team that is really looking to uh, prove something in a big spot early in the season. So I think Utah will win that game going away. Then Carolina battle, North Carolina, South Carolina. Two really good quarterbacks. May, probably better than Rattler, fine. But Rattler's good. South Carolina is an interesting team. You know, in the middle of the pack of the SEC, they're probably going to lose to a Georgia, to a Bama. Could they pick off an LSU? Possibly. But they're going to lose to a lot of teams around them. They're going to beat some teams around them. But uh, they get their season started with a state-on-state -state rivalry there. Battle of the Carolinas. I think May will just throw one or two more touchdown passes than Rattler, and UNC will win an exciting game, an over game, because I don't think UNC can stop anybody. Uh, rest of the top 25, Colorado and TCU. It's a 
interesting matchup um, in the sense of Colorado got a lot of players. Dion comes in, new culture, all that stuff. But TCU lost a lot of players, and I think if Colorado is ready to go, if their talent matches up, they can have an opportunity to get a big upset, but uh, TCU should win this game. Eastern Carolina, Michigan, Michigan going away, as we know. Utah State, Iowa. This could get a little interesting for Iowa. I think Iowa is a team that um, is either going to play above their expectations or below them. I don't think anyone's like, I don't see them, you know, having just a solid Iowa year. It's either they break out and have a big year out of that Big Ten West before everything shuffles around and they challenge Wisconsin or they underachieve it's done for Ferentz and it's a new era for Iowa going forward Utah State you know are they great no nobody's saying that but could put Iowa on uh, alert Arkansas State Oklahoma Oklahoma historically hasn't had some great uh, starts to the season you know that afternoon kickoff in Norman all of a sudden it's a game in the Second quarter, you're like, what the hell's going on in Norman? And they end up having to pull one out, but they should take care of business. Virginia and Tennessee. I don't think Virginia is that good, but a lot of people have big expectations on Tennessee. I could see them getting backdoored there on the cover, but they'll win the game. Mercer takes on number 22, Ole Miss. Ole Miss will put up a number on them. Portland State goes to Oregon. Oregon should handle business. Tennessee State goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming off the win in Ireland. They'll put up another number there. Wisconsin against Buffalo. This is a new look Wisconsin. I'm excited to see this Wisconsin. Uh, how much do they open it up? Because they have the two-headed backs. And Allen's an, a great back. And Malusi's good too. But um, them bringing in Mordecai and, and Fickle and a new offense and a new system and a new arrow Wisconsin. I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out, that one. Ohio State, Indiana. Listen, Ohio State. Early on in seasons, just pounds teams, even if they're in conference. So that could get ugly. Boise State, Washington is an interesting game. If Boise State can hang around and make that one close, if it could be a ten point game or you know less than three scores, two scores ish around there, hang around, get a turnover, get a score, make it a one score game, could be interesting. But Penix will probably be the difference maker in Washington should win that game. Rice in Texas. Why wow, does Rice play Texas? Um, we choose to go to the moon because it's hard, not because it's easy. Uh, not a great JFK, and if I could work on it a little bit, but you know, if if you're a historian like myself who enjoys um, American history, Western Civil, all that kind of stuff, that speech is a great speech. If you haven't looked that up, um, the JFK moon speech, look that one up. Rice in Texas, Texas will handle their business there. Tennessee Martin takes on number one Georgia. Good luck. Nevada, USC. USC's got to show me something this week defensively that when they're in a third and long and they should get off the field, they get off the field <laughs> instead of giving up a conversion. Okay? We know the offense is going to be really good. I want to see the defense improve week to week. Southeast Missouri State against Kansas State. Kansas State should handle them. New Mexico against A&M. We'll see who's the quarterback for A&M. We'll see who gets more snaps and all that stuff. So it's a big, big game for A&M to figure some stuff out. Middle Tennessee against Bama, so Milrow, first time starting. We'll see that um, play out against a not good of a team. West Virginia, Penn State. Penn State should handle their business here, uh, beat the Mountaineers handily. Mountaineers are not a good football team. 
South Alabama, Tulane. Tulane is ranked, and this game could have them get upset and lose their ranking because I don't think they're favored more than uh, a touchdown. Certainly not more than a field goal, I'm pretty sure. So, um, let's see what happens with Tulane. Oregon State, DJU takes on San Jose State. And San Jose State, who hung around against USC and eventually ruined a cover. So, they could... Uh, Heard Oregon State and then Clemson Duke. Clemson's got to make a statement. Duke is going to be better than some people think, but Clemson will make that statement. We get soccer preview. EPL Luton Town hosts West Ham. First home game for Luton Town. The place will be rocking. Only issue is they welcome in a West Ham team who just went to the Amex and hammered Brighton. So big ass for Luton. West Ham in form. Bowen looks great. Antonio looks great. Um, West Ham looks good. So. They'll probably get the points. Sheffield United, Everton, neither team has a point. Everton is in trouble. Um, good atmosphere at Bramalene. They gave the champions, the citizens, all they could ask for. You know, they give up a late first goal to City, then they equalize, and then they give up a late uh, winner to City. So they played tough. I think they get a win here against Everton. Everton stink, and it's a six-pointer early in the season, and Everton have shown me nothing. Man City, Fulham. Fulham are an interesting side. Mitrovic era over. In comes Raul Jimenez. He gets a goal, I think, in the midweek there. Um, or maybe he's made his penalty in the, against Tottenham. My, my mistake. But City, without De Bruyne, trying to fix it with Alvarez in the hole and switch out Foden and do some other things. But... Them keeping Kyle Walker and Bernardo Silva was almost as big as signing new players. Kovacic has done a really nice job in the middle of the park there. And Rodri, it's allowed him to go forward more because not only is Kovacic with him, but um, De Bruyne is out. So they do need a little more forward um, thinking from their midfield with De Bruyne out. Somebody's got to fill that role. So City should handle Fulham. Fulham might put in a good shift, but it's going to be really tough for them to get a result at the Etihad. Chelsea Forest. Now, Forest, I'm seeing a lot of people think about Forest here as an upset. Um, they should have get, at least gotten a result from Old Trafford last week. They didn't. Unfortunate. And Pochettino seemed to have unlocked Raheem Sterling of the early move to Man City and when he was having some success at Liverpool. This Sterling is quick decisive, on the move, into the area, a danger man, scoring goals. And that's the, the Raheem Sterling that Chelsea need, especially with Nkuku out um, for extended period of time. So I, I still think Chelsea at the bridge, formidable, and we'll get the result there. Burnley, Tottenham. Ange Ball looks good. The midfield of Saar, Basoma, and Madison are direct, are forward. Um, they do a good job of breaking it up when they have to with their defensive abilities and responsibilities. And I think with Pasacoglu and Anjbal, it's forward. It's attacking. It's win the ball back and go again. It's not this attitude of a Conte or a Mourinho, not a Pochettino per se, because they were attacking. But those guys are defend, defend, defend. Then we attack. We win 1-0, and we all have a great uh, time afterwards. And we say, how great was that defending? You put in a shift. Some of these guys just want to play ball and attack and go forward. And listen, Richarlison might not be the striker that they need 
they'll probably you know look to get a big striker coming in in the next windows because it's not Richarlison clearly but Son is good Kulosevsky is good um, and they've done a, a, a good enough job so I think Tottenham go to Turf more. Burnley they're gonna need to have some guys step up I just don't know if they have Premier League players on that side they they we're great in the championship, but this is a different league now. Brentford, Bournemouth. Bournemouth are going to need a big effort. Brentford at home. Exciting um, atmosphere. They play up to the fans for Frank. Uh, it's tough to get a result there. I think Brentford at least get a draw, if not the win. Brighton, Newcastle. Listen, two teams coming off home losses that in, bi in bigger games, you know, like, hey, Brighton and West Ham are both in Europe this year. That's a big game for Brighton. Newcastle is in the Champions League. Your Liverpool are in Europa League. And Newcastle blew it at home against 10-man Liverpool. So both these teams coming off losses. This is a big match for when you look back and say, okay, did you take care of business at home if you're Brighton? Newcastle, did you do a good job of trying to get points away from home at tough grounds? This is a... Very big match when you look back at it, even though it's so early in the season. Um, I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll be up and down. I'm going to go 3-3. Liverpool-Villa. Listen, this is a really good game, too. Villa have been good away from home. Diaby's been a really good signing. Um, I know Mings gets hurt. That's tough, but they did... Um, Bring in some guys to help out on the back end in just in case. Liverpool have such good spirit and such good belief. Van Dyke being suspended is huge. So it's Matip and Gomez in the in the middle there, in the middle of the defense. I think they will concede maybe once, even twice. But this Liverpool attack going forward. Sobasly is waiting to explode. McAllister's waiting to explode. Um, and between the five attackers, you know, the three spots, Mo has been really good. I, I know he hasn't, you know, gotten a bunch of goals to start the season. Fine. Diaz has been good. Gakpo has been good. In my opinion, I know people are going to be like, ugh. and Jota and Nunez, Nunez just won the last game. Jota did well when he's played. So the Liverpool attack is really good. I think Liverpool went at three, two. Crystal Palace Wolves. I like the Crystal Palace team. I'm just not sure what we're going to get out of them. And Wolves, you know, they're fortunate to get the three points against Everton um, with the late strike from the um, big striker there, the late winner. But I just don't know how many goals they're going to score. And Crystal Palace have a good enough team going forward. They're going to score some goals. Then the game of the weekend, Arsenal Man U. And Arsenal a little fortunate because Manchester United have a bunch of injuries, especially at their defense, especially at left back, and then Veron's also out. So they're going to have to play Delo at a position at left back. Probably Lissandro and, and Lindelof pairing, unless he wants to play Harry Maguire, which I doubt that, um, at Wambasaka. And then Mount we know is injured, but Erickson comes in. He did a good job last year. So it's him and Casemiro. It's his familiar midfield after last year with Bruno. And Anthony has been poor. Sancho, eh. 
Rashford, we know, can't go up the middle really. So what's it going to be for Manchester United and Ten Hag? Whereas Arsenal, yes, have injuries, but Arteta is a little more practical with his solutions. And I think even with the injuries for Arsenal, there are more to United. And Arsenal are a better team than United, in my opinion. And I think Arsenal do well. They win the game 3-1. La Liga, Real Madrid play Getafe. Atletico play Sevilla. Asuna play Barcelona. Serie A, big weekend Serie A. Roma, AC Milan, good game. Napoli, Lazio, good game. Atalanta, Monza, Inter, Florentina, and Empoli, Juventus. Bundesliga, Dortmund, and Heidenheim. Heidenheim, I think. Mönchengladbach hosts Bayern Munich. Union Berlin hosts Rebel Leipzig. And in Ligue 1, Lyon hosts PSG. Soccer transfer rumors. Nunez to City, done deal from Wolves. It seems like that will be announced soon, and he'll be ready to go. With that move, Cole Palmer's like, hey, I'm getting blocked out here, and Chelsea are interested to me. So the youngster from Man City is going to Chelsea. He gets a big move. Um, the youngster going to London from Manchester. Liverpool and Gravenberch talks heating up. That could be done shortly because it seems like Liverpool have made their move for Gravenberch, and Manchester United have finally made their move from Amrabat. So... Two defenders coming to United and Liverpool before the window closes, most likely. Brighton are going to get another wonder kid in Ansu Fati. Apparently, he's still going to spell Matoma, which fine, but they're going to find ways to get Ansu Fati on the pitch because he's a brilliant player. But also, I don't know what Barcelona is doing. Is it a loan? Is, are they selling him because they need money? Who knows? But very interesting um, news there. Uh, Lignette is going to go to Villa to help out on the back end. With the injury to Mings, Hudson Adoy could go to Forest from Chelsea. Pavard to Inter, Dundee, and Balogun is going from Arsenal to Monaco to be the striker there. So good for him. Uh, Ryder Cup news here: the U.S. team automatics Scheffler, Holma, Cantley, Shoffley, Wyndham Clark, and Brian Harmon. Zach Johnson's captain picks: Morikawa, Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, and Brooks Kepka. So a lot of people up in arms about the boys' club. Listen, if you want to make the Ryder Cup team be an automatic qualifier. Don't put it in the captain's hands because listen, the captain is going to take guys who make the room better. And I'm sorry with Homa. And I know he's new and, and Scheffler. They're kind of new, but Scheffler's won Ryder Cup. Cantley, Shoffley, Spieth, Fowler, JT. Those guys are like the core of this U.S. team for like years to come. And they've been already. So yeah, you mix in some other guys, but those guys have to make the team. And I feel bad for Keegan Bradley. I do. I And I feel for Cam Young. And obviously, if Wills Torres was competing, he'd probably be in the conversation here as well. But I understand them taking Brooks. I, I He won a major. If he doesn't win a major, probably not. He probably doesn't get taken. Who knows? But you can't argue more cow. I don't care. You can't argue Spieth. I don't care. You can't argue Ricky Fowler. You can't argue Sam Burns. You can't argue JT. You can't argue Brooks. And I, and I get it. Like, People are like, you just like those guys. I like Keegan. I think Cam Young's a great player. But listen, if you want to make the team, make sure you're a top six. Otherwise, you need experience. You need to be a guy that's been on winning teams, and you need to be a guy that they want to have on the team. And I'm not trying to knock Keegan, but if it comes down to Keegan or Ricky Fowler or Keegan or JT or Keegan or Spieth or Keegan or Sam Burns, they're going to take those other guys over Keegan just because those other guys know each other and are closer in age and they've been on winning teams before. Keegan, the poor guy, I love the guy, but he hasn't recovered since Medina internationally. It's obvious. In Ryder Cup years, 
He hasn't done well. This is one of the first years he's done well in Ryder Cup year to try to get picked on the team. It didn't work out. It is what it is. But even if you're the biggest Keegan Bradley fan, you have to understand why JT is going and him not. You have to understand why Ricky Fowler is going and he's not. You have to understand why Jordan Spieth is going and he's not. Now, Sam Burns, you want to have an argument for? I can understand, but Sam Burns is their boy too. And if you want to say Brooks isn't on the tour, hey, I would agree with you. I don't think necessarily Brooks being there is great, but he is a good golfer and he's a good Ryder Cup player. He's going to international competitions. So he's got to be on the team too. So I do feel for Keegan. I feel for Cam Young. But it just is what it is. Like, Max didn't win a major. He auto-qualified. Scheffler didn't win a major. Auto-qualified. Canley didn't win a major. Auto-qualified. Shoffley didn't win a major. Auto-qualified. Like, Clark and Harmon. And listen, Wyndham Clark could have been on the team regardless. Maybe he's a captain's pick. If he's not auto, fine, whatever. Brian Harmon's never on the team. And I'm not trying to kill the guy. I'm not trying to knock the guy. He's obviously an outstanding golfer. Um... He's a champion golfer of the year. No one can ever take that away from him. God bless. Congratulations. But listen, you look at all the Americans, you're like, you're going to get to 15, 16, 17, maybe even 18, 19 days before you get to Brian Harmon. You're just going to, I'm sorry. And that's not a knock on him. And that's probably a knock on all of us because he's a really great player and he's one of major, but he just doesn't, he's not, the star that we need at a Ryder Cup. And maybe he's going to go out and win three points or go 2-0-1 and get a half, whatever, and have a great record. And he's going to say, hey, that guy at FFFSOSS is a moron. Hey, God bless. You know, he proved me wrong. I want to be wrong about Brian Harmon and the U.S. team, but I don't know. I'm worried because the Euros are really good. And I know they might not have the big names like some of them used to, but Rory, Hovland, Rum. And Hatton Auto, next on the list, Fleetwood and Fitz. Straka had a good year. Shane Larry and Justin Rose always show up. McIntyre had a good year. Uh, the Scott. You know, the Euro team is good. And Rome is going to be pedalizing poor drives. So you got to hit the ball straight. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, yes, that is the show for this week. Everybody have a very happy, healthy, safe Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the week one college football. And next week, we're going to be previewing the NFL season. And the next show on that Thursday will be an NFL week one preview. So football here. Enjoy the college this week. Look forward to the NFL next week. Everybody be safe out there. No drinking, no driving for LDW. Have a good one if you're going down the shore. Maybe I'll see you. Maybe I won't. All right. Have a good one. Peace. Check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.